Welcome everyone to the last video store clerks podcast with Frank and Scott. The days of blockbuster Hollywood and the independent video store are over. But the days of searching the shelves for hidden gems and overlooked call classics is never ending. Join us while we drown in a sea of streaming options and ask the question, what the hell is a good movie anyway? I'm Frank. I'm Scott. And we're the last video store clerks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't break it this time. Don't fucking... Was that just last My wife goes out of town and I like break the only pipe and I'm like, no, like that guy in the Twilight Zone who like, he finds the library intact at the end of the world and and then he breaks his glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Is that real? Yeah, that's, that was like one of the first episodes of the Twilight Zone. No way. Yeah. He, the guy, he like wants everyone to leave him alone because he just wants to read his books. I think he was a librarian or something. Everybody dies. It's the end of the world and he's wandering around. He finds the library is intact and he's like, I can read every book. Every book I've ever wanted to read, I can read it. And then he steps on his glasses. They fall off his face. My kind of Tuesday. I love that kind of shit. That is the deep Richard Matheson irony. There's a petition online to have Split removed from Netflix. Fucking absurd. When you sent me the text with the article, I don't think I've responded to you like that in a while. Yeah, you were really kind of angry. I was what the fuck yeah well that's a really really weird thing because i know that he based that whole thing on uh thomas husky he was one of those precedents where they tried to say he was insane that he had multiple personalities and it became this like media circus just ramping up the the so stuff it just about kept it. gaining momentum well, this the guy jury was... ended up like not knowing whether or not to convict him of anything they were like we should have a third option which is guilty by reason of insanity you know not like not innocent they wanted to come up with something that made a little more sense yeah they were really confused as to what to do they were like we don't want this guy out and you know who knows if he had it because it was sybil in 1973 which i'm pretty sure was a also a sitcom with sybil shepherd but i, <laughs> I <laughs> I think that's why everybody thinks that. I know, but it was about this lady named Shirley Manson, who I think was probably the lead singer of Garbage. Yeah, Shirley Manson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but either way, she, this whole book, Sybil, was about her, and she just admitted years later that she was full of shit, and she was making the whole thing up. And that's why people know it. There was like a statistic. Yeah, there was a statistic jump in people reporting that they had this after that book and the movie came out. I don't yeah, not to say that it doesn't exist, but yeah, there's but the also movie, a lot of vivid imaginations out there. Yeah, and the movie was literally about the fact that nobody believed that it existed, and who is mad about this? Is it people with disassociative identity disorder or multiple personalities? The article that you sent me, the person who I guess formed the petition, they made it sound like they may have it, or at least they're one of those huge backers of like, we're going to support anyone with this disorder. Don't make fun of it. Don't make light of it. This is a serious thing. And I get it, but at the same time, it's a movie. I I didn't get the attack. The amount of frustration that ran through my body as I read it, that's that kind of shit. We just need to stop. It's a movie. It's yeah. for entertainment. Stop padding the fucking walls. Everything is sharp. It, yeah. The whole entire world is fucking sharp. Just <laughs> it's it's fine oh. to have a movie about that, especially when there's so many other things that are about the same thing. Are you going to go after the United States of Terra now because Tony Collette doesn't have it and you should have got a person with disassociative identity? Yeah, Primal to Fear. The part? I think the, one of the first ones I texted you was Primal Fear. Yeah, or giving fucking Brian Cranston shit for playing a guy in a wheelchair. Edward Norton, he was nominated <laughs> for Best Actor in a Supporting role oh for primal fear for primal yeah. fear yeah let's well, i mean he was let's retract the a, nomination that he did not person win. pretending to have it so. exactly oh is it, yeah yeah so that's the scapegoat so that's right the, there if, huh? the more meta it gets the more <laughs> okay it is that it happened what's funny is when i search for other movies with that disorder so much random stuff the mask with jim carrey well, there I was, was like uh, no that's not what i'm talking about there Internet. was seven souls with uh julianne moore oh yeah that was the one i texted you because i lived in the farmhouse the murders happened in when I was a little kid. It was the farmhouse we lived in in Pennsylvania. And I was like, that's my house. Like, <laughs> the, the whole point is it's entertainment. Nobody was rubbing anybody's face in anything. Well, that and any like fiction like that comes from that idea. Like, what if that happened? It's Mr. Mercedes by Stephen King, which is a TV show, or it, it was a TV show that ran for three seasons. That was because at the beginning of that, a job fair gets run over by an angry man. He just drives through the crowd. Plows through. Yeah, and Stephen King was like, that's really fucking scary. So are we mad at Stephen King for making light of, of this tragedy that happened? Everybody really needs scary? inspiration. Uh, things come from real stuff science fiction which let's not forget 
Split is a fucking superhero movie. It is. It's a superhero comic yeah. book movie. Yeah, for sure. Mr. Glass is the big bad guy, not... <laughs> Was it Kevin? <laughs> Mr. Glass. <laughs> no, um... I got lost in there. There were too many personalities. I like Patricia. Yeah, Patricia was the best one. Patricia. Yeah, here we are going the M. Night Shyamalan train again. <laughs> yeah. We are angry about... You're so mad at M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, and take your anger out on M Night an M Night Shyamalan film. Who? Yeah, like go after Lady in the Water or something. That's so random. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, come on. The guy made it back. He had some flops in there. Yeah, make fun of the Last Airbender. It's whatever. Like, you uh, know, not every film's gonna be a winner. Clearly. Yeah, but that alien and signs that shit scared the fuck out of me when he walks up to the door. <laughs> <laughs> I loved signs. The hand, the scene where the hand goes underneath the door. Yeah, when it's trapped in in the in the in the house. Yeah, it still that the vet leaves. me a little bit, even though it looks kind of bad. The vet, for aka day. M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, well, he's in all of them. He's, he's in, in all of his. He was movies. in old he, too, wasn't he? He makes a cameo in all of his movies. Yeah, he drops them off on the beach. Right? Yeah. yeah, he's the first creeper in the camera, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, crazy. But no, no, uh, yeah. I mean, to take it out on on poor M Night. The guy had a comeback. He had a couple flops in a row. You yeah, know, box office wise, box office wise, flops. And then, you know, Split, it was great. Yeah. I, I liked Split. Yeah, I did too. Because it was back to the beginning again. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's really weird to go after something like that. If, you, if you're mad, like, go after Johnny Knoxville for doing The Ringer or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So many movies. Yeah, oh. I think there's so many more constructive things for you to get mad about in your time. But also, they're just a there was that of movie in time. the '80s. What was the name of that movie where the guy wore blackface to go to go to college? To go to college? I forget what the name I forget of it the was. name of that movie. But yeah, but like, that there was that. Where's the petition? For, I mean, I'm just there's plenty of movies out there that were way more offensive. Yeah, I feel like there was the time I know where older. everything was pretend like something. Fucking bosom buddies, man, with Tom, Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Shit would not stand, man. No. And I mean, there, there's a tasteful way to do things, of course. But you don't always need to be tasteful. I'm, I'm going to say that. Not in film. You know, sometimes people are just trying to express themselves. They're trying to get a point across. Yeah, and but, it's fine. And you don't need to dig that deep into M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> and split. Yeah, it seems like a weird thing to just get real mad about. Yeah, let's pull it from Netflix. And that's what we're going to do about it is we're going to pull it from Netflix. Who gets that idea? something yeah. somebody got an email side note james mcavoy made an appearance in uh the bubble that judd apatow movie that's gotten uh, terrible reviews and i really like i haven't watched it but yet. he has the, he has one of the best cameos in the whole movie it's a little long the or the movie is long for sure it could have been edited down but thinking back about it i don't know what i would is judd apatow a little long is he a little long is i don't know <laughs> i haven't seen it <laughs> super upset about that the severance by the way was the greatest first season of a television show i've ever seen one day we'll have apple tv and i can catch up yeah you gotta watch that shit man tensest season finale of any show ever just the tension of the whole just cranking pressure the entire season finale really really impressed the shit out of me well, since I don't have Apple TV and I can't watch Severance, I mean, it's a good thing I've been watching Parks and Recreation while I'm eating dinner at night. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the same thing. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just didn't know Ben Stiller was going to make something so good, like so serious and so good. Did he do Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Maybe he just shouldn't be in the things that he's directing. He should just make the things. Yeah, but I'm all for him writing things with Justin Thoreau. That shit cracks me the fuck up. Yeah, and I mean, it's just really hard. Somebody brought it up to me. They were like, remember how he was in that Charlie's Angels movie? And I was like, no. Uh, yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote a really good article for like GQ or some shit about how like men shouldn't wear shorts. And I was like, I'm with you, dude. <laughs> He was like, they look like little boys. And I was like, fuck yeah, you, they do. I was Are like, that's you calling why me a little boy? I've lived in Texas for like, what, 25 fucking years? Uh, I hate wearing fucking shorts. I feel look, like I'm wearing my dad cargo shorts right now. What do you know about this capacity, Yeah, bro? things have slipped during the pandemic, though. I used to not wear sweatpants ever, and that, that thing <laughs> didn't become a thing. I know. I think that's where I'm at right now is I'm having to go out into the world more, and I'm like, oh, I can't just wear like flannel PJ bottoms and an old T-shirt. <laughs> It does kind of bother me that like uh, 
Seth Meyers isn't wearing a suit anymore. Yeah, he has gone way more cash. <laughs> <laughs> so this time we watched. <laughs> this time we watched a kill, the killing of a sacred deer, which I hadn't seen. I, if I had seen it, I might not have picked it for this because I would. I really fucking enjoyed the shit out of this movie. The level of uncomfortable <laughs> sometimes. I don't even know how uncomfortable I was. <laughs> Which says more about me than anything else. But I really like I I had written down what in my notes at the very beginning of the movie, I was like, I feel sort of detached watching surgery happen. It's sort of dehumanizing and I feel nothing. <laughs> and maybe that set the tone for the whole rest of the movie. Maybe that was his fucking point. I read a bunch of reviews about I won't really get into it, but most of it was this movie is pretentious. And I did not think that this movie was fucking hilarious to me. <laughs> I laughed so hard just at different parts of this movie. Did You thought parts were funny, though, right? I thought parts were funny. I just was going to say Scott laughs at the darkness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and I'm right there in most cases, too. Yeah, what, you, what some people might find just a little on the disturbing side. It's like, wow, that's fucking hilarious. Well, that and well, it's like the M. Night Shyamalan split thing. Like, what are you getting mad about? It's a fucking movie. You know, like I've watched a lot of fucked up movies and this dude directed dog tooth. So, I mean, I've seen child abuse already. It's fine. It's not real. It's a movie. Well, and once you told me about dog tooth, it, it went on my list. Dog tooth is Greek. I'm so yeah, it's, it's subtitled, but our friend Josh, he, he told me to watch it when we were like in our early twenties. And I was like, this person is my friend. He gets me. <laughs> Because he was like, yeah, you'd like that. Man, he fucking nailed it. I did like that. Not as much as I like this. This was more fun. This was good. And I'd watched it, I guess, years ago when it first came out. And I don't think I fully understood. I mean, maybe I it didn't have my attention. You know, at the time, I feel as if I didn't give it the attention it deserved. But this time, I really soaked it up. And there was so much more that made sense to me. Remember how I said that I had fallen asleep during it the first time I tried mm -hmm. to watch it? It wasn't because I was bored or anything like that. But in my head, when I started watching it this time, I was like, I'm going to be real tired by the end of this movie because it's really slow. But it's not... It's almost like it feels slow as it unfolds, but everything about it is like rapid fire. The dialogue is like rapid fire back and forth. All of these statements, all the fat is cut out of everything everyone says. Like there's no small talk that happens. In it this is very to the movie. point. And even the kids in the movie. Yeah, in a like Shakespearean kind of way. And I that's real pretentious. In fact, it's pretentious <laughs> that I said it, but at the same time, I really, I, I, I'm fucking pretentious about some things, man. I like that shit. This movie was fun to watch him make the movie. And I don't normally talk about that kind of stuff. I just want to like watch the movie and lose myself in it. If I'm paying too much attention to how you're making the movie, fawning over it like a film major, like I, I will fucking lose it. That's why I didn't go to college for music was I, I don't want to see everything in scales every time I listen to a song. I don't want to feel that way about a, a movie either. This guy is like Lars von Trier, only not annoying. Yeah, and I mean, even the way they would cut the score into some of the scenes, it gave it that more retro vibe, that older retro. I'm not talking 90s retro. People are calling 90s things retro. I'm talking like that 70s vibe. Yeah, and I, what I've kind of been thinking about was it feels like uh, this movie was one of those Fresh was kind of one of those, but like absurdism is coming back, which I think is kind of that thing we keep looking for in like a weird find in a movie. You it's, know, it's the reason why I can't watch the majority of the things that are on cable TV. It's just it's too cable. It's too standard. It's and this movie is not that. <laughs> no, no, nowhere near. It's a it's a movie I would have been like, oh, yeah, you're going to give that one an Oscar. Go for it. But I don't think you would. This was a little heavy metal. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like it was fucking it was it was a horror movie, but it was not really a horror movie. It wasn't an in your face, gory horror, supernatural. Yeah. Or anything you, like that. You couldn't even say it was like a thriller. I Like I felt kind of keyed up and tense the whole time I watched it, but I didn't feel like I was going to like it, it had enough like it would do that. And then something fucking ridiculous would happen and it would just shatter the whole thing we're we're gonna spoil this movie but i do think you should watch it so as much as uh this is like our like what fourth episode or something like that i uh 
turn it off and watch it if you're interested. If you're not, like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't ask Kelly, my wife, if she wanted to watch this with me because I was like, she's gonna think it's fucking boring, you know, or slow or just too weird. And I really wanted to get lost in the weirdness of it. Oh yeah, no, some of that shit was so wacky. Olympia was more than happy to watch it. She was like, you know, I don't think I really paid attention the first time. I don't think she finished it the first time we watched it years ago. This time around, she was like, let's do this. <laughs> that Yeah, that's awesome. But uh, yeah, I, I just don't think it was her speed. I, I think she would have kind of thought it was uh, just fucking weird. And, and I would have felt judged. She looked over and was like, why are you laughing? Well, Colin Farrell throws a boy around a hospital hallway, <laughs> telling him to laugh or force feeds him a fucking donut. <laughs> the force, the donut force, man. Yeah, he was definitely trying to cram that thing in there. So a quick summary of the movie. We're, we're going to run top to bottom. I'm going to withhold a little. We'll withhold a couple things from the end in case you do want to watch this and then we change your mind about this kind of movie. I think that uh, this was a movie that didn't really give a fuck if you understood what was going on. They didn't really want you to. And you're never going to get like solid resolution. Like, why did all that stuff happen? And How did some of that stuff happen? Yeah, exactly. And there was no stuff behind it. I know that the the killing of a sacred deer is a reference to a Greek play. I can't remember what it was, but it was like a Agamemnon has to sacrifice his daughter so they could leave and go to the Trojan War. So they stuck with that sacrifice. Theme. Yeah, yeah. I want to say it was like Artemis or something like that. It's some Greek god that they were going to sacrifice the daughter to. I also, when I was looking up things on IMDb, about this movie one of the things that i found was it's based on a, a painter but they were like these midwestern looking americana you know like sort of like reservation paint, road just like you know <laughs> the same sort of like in movies they always use and this is really pretentious but they always use a color palette it's like 60 percent color 30 percent color 10 percent color and that's what like every shot is because it's the most pleasing to you mm -hmm. to see that that ratio of color on screen like that saturation level yeah and like you know someone will be wearing a red dress and then it'll be levels of brown like a lighter brown a little bit and then a real dark brown a little bit a little bit <laughs> just a little bit and this movie had a lot of thought go into the filmmaking of it, which I appreciated. I wasn't staring at it the whole time. I was noticing cool little things like there's deer everywhere in that movie, mm -hmm. like deer in the background, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and just weird little misdirects. But it was so awkward. And then at the same time, really fucking funny, really yeah. funny. This was not a mainstream movie. It was not meant to be a mainstream movie. You know, Colin Farrell, before he... But it kind of was, though. He won an Oscar for The Favorite the next year. He directed The Favorite. Did you see that? No. It's it's good. It's not my kind of thing. It, it, you know, royalty, old English people in their fucking giant dresses are not my fucking <laughs> thing. Yeah, they're really not my wife's thing. She won't watch anything that everyone's wearing period clothing. She's was like, like, I don't like, want to watch it. Was it the favorite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, huh? yeah. I, I believe so. It's like a yogurt shoppy. What yeah. the fuck's a shoppy? <laughs> I stole that line from Disturbing Behavior. <laughs> <laughs> the shit I quote is out of control. God, dude, get out of here, Cyclops. Yeah, so the summary of this movie is Colin Farrell plays Steven. He's a surgeon, and he starts spending time with the, how did, how did we say this guy's name? Barry Cogan? Barry Cogan. Barry Cogan, I got it. Yeah, his character, Martin, his father dies of a stroke while Colin Farrell is operating on him. And for some reason, he's following him around. You don't really know that at the beginning of the movie. And you're just like, what the fuck are these these two doing together? So I completely forgot where it was going. And when that first started their relationship, right off the bat, I was like, this is a father and his illegitimate son. See, that's what I thought was happening. That was this the entire thing vibe that I got. Until a certain thing happens in the plot. So basically, the, the quick rundown of it is Stephen brings Martin home to meet his wife. Anna, who's played by Nicole Kidman, the daughter Kim, who's played by Rafi Cassidy. Rafi, I think that's how you say her name. And his son Bob, played by Sonny Suljic, I want to say. S sounds, uh. No, and I. I sounds and right. Suljic. <laughs> yeah, and he's been in a couple things. He'll be good. Yeah. Barry Cogan, one of the, you know, he was in Dunkirk, Dude, um, American he was Animals. Fucking good in this. Perfect. He in has that a, primal fear kind of way, actually. Yeah, and like, he has a very childish kind and of. the distinct look that he has, just his look is very unique. Definitely something I haven't seen, you know, and I can't name anybody else who looks anything like the guy. No, he's an interesting looking cat, man. Yeah. He had like a thing where he was he gave off an energy that he was not childlike, but his voice, the entire thing was. 
He nailed that shit, man. I was spooked. As soon as you opened yourself up to like, there's an innocence there. Yeah, I would say the... the there was no innocence there. <laughs> there was no innocence in that character. Yeah, and there was a, like the saw music and the weird organ through the whole fucking movie. Like that didn't help with the, oh, I get, I'm supposed to feel disturbed because he would come on screen and this fucking saw start fucking playing. I should put a saw in right here. <laughs> <laughs> No, the music, like you're saying, where the those the score would cut in, just the feeling that you got from the way that they set that up. So he invites him to dinner, and then the night's real awkward. His daughter is real into his creepy ass. Like, I think it was made even creepier by the fact that I was like, this guy has to be actually in his 20s, actor-wise. But Always. Like, I looked at the girl up on IMDb, uh, and I was like, oh, 10 years younger. 14. Than him? Yeah, legit 14-year-old. And at I the was, time of filming? At the time of filming, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I dig it. It added to the creepiness. There's never any sort of like actual sexual stuff. She strips down and like lays on the bed in front of him at some point. Yeah. But there's a lot of that in this movie. We'll talk about that. Yeah. I can't <laughs> wait till we get to that. That's one of the things that's <laughs> brilliant. After dinner, he, re- he says he wants to return the favor and invites him back to his house where his mother is played by none other than the babysitter and the crushes, Alicia Silverstone. Those are the only things I know her from. And uh, (laughs) she makes a sexual advance on him by sucking on his finger and then offering him a caramel tart, which I think was sexual. Oh, no, it most definitely was. It was um, (laughs) her exact quote. I won't let you leave until you've tried my tart. I think she yells that at him, doesn't (laughs) it? I won't let you leave until you've tried my tart. But yeah, I mean, I hadn't seen Alicia Silverstone in a minute. And then all of a sudden, here she is sucking fingers off her and tart. Yeah, it was a little part, but it was good. But she was perfect for it. I feel that's who I wanted to see in that role. And if you looked in the credits, she didn't have a name. She's credited as Martin's mother. Yeah, that makes sense. I I can dig it. I dug a lot of the like, why, why the fuck would I tell you that? Like, I don't need to fill you in on every little detail. They just let you feel a little lost. You got what was going on. Nothing else was really all that important. Random shit popped into my head. I think at some point I looked up and I was like, do doctors really have giant black tie events where they talk about medicine? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I looked at this was supposed to take place in Ohio. And I was like, I know. Is that a real life thing? Or is that, you know, because as soon as you said that, I was thinking, well. You know, the fugitive. If it is. <laughs> Poor Harrison Ford, you know. True. Yeah. It was a one-armed man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the longest time, because my first experience with a one-armed man on TV was fucking Twin Peaks, because there's like the one-armed man, <laughs> you know, and I thought that's what people were talking about the whole time. And I'd even seen the fugitive, I think, but that just wasn't the thing that stuck with me. It was a one-armed man. Yeah, I guess that predates us to the fugitive television show, right? The Fugitive television show. The Fugitive was a television show in the 70s, I want to say, or like real early 80s. But yeah, it, the, the movie is a, with Harrison Ford is a remake. No, I can tell you that they should have never made U.S. Marshals, Robert Downey oh, Jr., Wesley Snipes. Yeah. It wasn't horrible. I mean, if I was a 65-year-old man retired sitting on a lazy boy, <laughs> I'll watch U.S. Marshals. Yeah, but don't. Go watch No Country for Old Men. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can pull off that hair. My stepfather loves that movie. I that was one of the few times that like I watched the movie and I was like, I'm gonna read that book and really enjoyed the book as much as I enjoyed the movie. Brolin. And it's blow for blow. Brolin, the same. yeah, Brolin's fucking awesome. Brolin's in a sci-fi series. No way. Yeah, uh, like a cowboy, uh, like aliens sort of thing. Like. But better than Cowboys. No, it's like, I want to say, I don't know a whole lot about this, so I'm kind of talking out of my ass, but I think it's like he's a rancher and stuff starts happening. Is he a space rancher? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's like a white version of that uh, Jordan Peele movie that's coming out. (laughs) Nope. Nope. (laughs) I fucking can't wait. Um, Yeah. yeah. I I will see that as fast as possible. Yeah, I'm as excited about, I'm more excited about Jordan Peele than I was early M. Night Shyamalan when he would make a movie and you're like, how is he going to surprise me now? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I really, yeah, they've, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Us. If oh, you, us was so good. If you hate M. Night Shyamalan, you weren't around at the time that he was surprising the shit out of us left and right, then <laughs> I went and you saw the really Sixth Sense uh, in movie theaters. That's the same as like, no, there's nothing compared to the Blair Witch hype when it came out where nobody knew if it was real or not. It scared the shit out of me. I think I was still in eighth grade middle school. I think that was when Blair like, Witch Project came out. Yeah. No, we were in high school because I saw that with Russ. 
was at it the 99? Dobie, at the Dobie Theater in Austin. Yeah. Oh, I, for, I we haven't finished the summer yet. I was, I was going to put this behind us. But yeah, basically, Stephen rejects her advances and leaves. Martin afterwards becomes, he seemingly he wanted him to fuck his mom, right? He he wanted it. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he was like at one wanna... point when the when Martin's mom is trying to uh, seal the deal, she's like, "Oh, he's asleep. Don't worry about it." And I feel like she almost knew he would be upstairs listening to make sure that the relationship was consummated. Yeah, and they never really got into what the fuck that was all about, which was fine. I, I liked it left unsaid. That was you the know, only time you see Alicia Silverstone in the whole movie. Is there a chance that if Stephen got with Martin's mom, the sacrifice wouldn't be necessary. Yeah, I mean, would this, that supersede the sacrifice? Well, this field? was one of those movies where you're like, this could have all been in their heads, but it got so absurd. I, I don't think it, it was. It was, it was <laughs> I loved it. I loved it yeah, so much. I didn't have that thought until just now when we were saying it out loud together. I couldn't help but to think, well, if Stephen would have just dropped his family for Martin's mom. Would Martin have let it go? I don't know what that was all about. He had some sort of goal. He did. Yeah. He At some point, he goes to his house and he goes, open this door. I'll fuck your mother just the way you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and well, and did he not say your mother and you? I feel like he said your <laughs> he mother and you. I don't know. It hit me so quick that I was like, oh, my God. I just like. Some of the lines in this movie, if I was this guy and I was writing these, I would have sat in a room and laughed for like 10 minutes after I wrote each of these fucking pieces of dialogue. How about the awkward story, though? Did you get done with the summary? Yeah, so it, I, I didn't get done with the summary. Let me just finish. It basically, <laughs> both, both, both of his fucking kids, one at a time, they become paralyzed and then stop eating. And they take him to the hospital. They can't figure out what's happening. And so Martin shows up and tells Stephen that his family will die one by one this way and their eyes will bleed. And But he has to decide which one of them dies. Because he killed one of his family members, he should get to kill one of theirs. I think even at some point he's like, "What do we do about it? We shake a like bag of corn in the air and like dance around." <laughs> like he, he even like says like, well, "We don't know what the fuck is going on." And I really like that. <laughs> I liked it. The doctors can't find anything, and they end up taking the kids home. He's at a loss, so he fucking kidnaps Martin, beats the fuck out of him, hold him hostage down in the basement, taped to a chair. It seems like the rest of the family gives up at that point, and they and Nicole Kidman lets him go. Anna, she's like, "What does it fucking matter anyway?" She weirdly kisses his feet at that point too. There was the feet kissing. And Nicole then, Kidman and the mother kisses uh, <laughs> Martin's feet while he's tied up and bloody in the basement. Oh, and that's when she brought the kids down to visit. Yeah, and that was after she had gone to investigate the origins of this weird relationship. She goes and talks to the, his anesthesiologist, who they both blame each other for the, the death of this guy. Like, yeah, earlier in the movie, Stephen was like, it's never the surgeon's fault. It's always the anesthesiologist. Yeah, and then later the anesthesiologist just says the exact the opposite, opposite of It's it. always the surgeon's yeah, there fault. Was, there was a lot of like opposite things in this movie that were there just to make you feel like in the beginning of the movie when they're having dinner he's like focused in on the daughter like slouching and eating mm -hmm. and then the mom's like stop slouching and it cuts over and she's like telling the son to sit up that was just weird that was just a weird thing to do and the reference to bob not cutting his hair oh yeah yeah steven asked him why haven't you cut your hair yet and you know he kind of gives like a short response but then anna the mom i i like it long which brings it us to nice. another quote that i wrote down where he says <laughs> this is after so basically he has to make that decision at the end well look we finished the summary <laughs> yeah he has to make the decision and, and he does i won't tell you what the decision is or how it ends up unfolding because mostly what i want to talk about is the rest of the fucking movie the the end was grim definitely bothered me a little bit but then after the decision is made there's a confirmation but i feel like he earned that dark ending at the end of all that i was like you took me on a weird fucking journey man <laughs> like i have been trying to figure out what's going on given up several times and been fine with it if you can confuse the shit out of me and make me be like i'm so confused <laughs> like i'm really fucking into it <laughs> where do we start let's just bounce around i feel like that's the best thing if you've watched the movie that's great if you want to listen to us talk about a movie that's fucking madness organized in a great way because like i said this movie was slow but the dialogue was rapid fire through the whole thing and the things that happen are quick there's never any like downtime of like when we talked about the special and i was like why does he go to the fucking hardware store like nothing <laughs> in this two-hour movie made me feel like you're wasting my fucking time 
pretentious shit or like anything that anyone talked about about it. I stayed focused on it because I didn't want to miss anything. The the uncomfortable feeling that you would get <laughs> over and over again, whether it was the way a conversation stopped, the the scene transition. <laughs> Let's. I want to jump to Stephen and Anna's bang session, the way in which the lovemaking is initiated. Oh, you just really want to talk about this. <laughs> it's the it's the weirdest. Shit. She, she like lays down on the bed or she goes, general anesthetic. Almost lifeless. It looked lifeless like a, like Why a corpse. That position, because she gets in that position again later to try to entice him when they're in the middle of all this like yeah, paralyzed Yeah, later in the shit. movie when shit's hitting the fan, the relationship is on the ro- rocks. They don't know what to do. They don't know who to kill. She she's I guess she figures, hey, let's lighten the mood. She offers herself and he responds by simply turning off the lamp next to the bed. <laughs> yeah maybe he should have fucked that mother just the way you wanted <laughs> he did have nice hands yeah he did have nice hands all <laughs> surgeons have nice hands these are all lines from the movie <laughs> before he was like whipping his son around the hallway being like walk walk yeah at a point in the movie Bob, bob's gone paralyzed he tells him a story about how he jerked his dad off while he was asleep he was curious so he wanders into the room and gives his dad a handy and then w- sneaks back out and yeah but he, this is while he's trying to re- this is a story. he did convey that like he, he was like yeah I, I did that and then just barely anything would come out and then i did it to my dad while he was sleeping and a, like a lock came out and he gets real freaked out and i got that like i was like oh that's some weird child and this was shit. a story he's telling his son to try and get him to snap out of whatever he's in. Yeah, weren't they playing a game like, you tell me a secret and I'll tell you a secret? He tried to initiate that as a way to get the son to open up and perhaps make an effort to walk. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because right. they're ha- he's trying to have a heart-to-heart is what it was. And Bob wasn't having it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Dad shared a story that was a little out there. <laughs> Dad expected a response and Bob did not bite. Bob didn't bite. That story wasn't good enough for Bob. But when, but before, like later, fucking Nicole Kidman, you're like, oh, she's the sane mom. And then when she goes to investigate it, she like jerks off the anesthesiologist to yeah. get information about the incident which killed Martin's father. Yeah, but she gave him the handy afterwards. It wasn't like she like jerked him off and he was like laying there and she was like, well, they talked Tell about it, about and, she, and he was like, well, what do I get in return? And she tells him what you didn't get at the oh, barbecue. Oh, I missed that. I thought that hand job just came out of nowhere. No, they were, no. <laughs> <laughs> no spontaneous handy. They had a conversation at the diner. Uh, Nicole Kim was trying to dig for information on, on the incident, and, and he just asked, you know, what's in it for me? Cut scene, they, they're all of a sudden under a bridge. It's going down, and he's giving it up. He's oh, giving her all the info. And this is, this is super bouncing around, but just the fucking bonkers lines in the and you mentioned that he like said something about the son's hair in the beginning of it. Yeah. I missed that part. But later, when he's flinging the kid around the hospital hallway trying to get him to walk, he's like, I'll make you eat your hair. He's like, I'll literally yes, cut your right. hair and make you eat it. I forgot about that. <laughs> he like, did. What, what the fuck? Yeah. Olympia looked at me at that point and was like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, one so of my funny. favorite one of my favorite quotes is I don't know what's wrong with me. I've lost two MP3 players in the last 10 days. <laughs> I, I felt her on that, man. Yeah. Like, I was like, I felt like that before. That was the daughter, Kim. She was having, you know, a moment. <laughs> well, she was already in a wheelchair by then, wasn't Yeah, she, she? was in yeah. the wheelchair smoking cigarettes, blowing the smoke out the door to their room. Yeah, when it gets really, like, Kafka fucking absurd is when they go home and the kids are just dragging themselves around the house by their hands. <laughs> like, on their bellies, like, down the stairs and shit. <laughs> yeah, the kids... <laughs> And they live in like this big fucking ice storm house, you know? (laughs) Real wood floors. Yeah, real wood floors. I noticed that. That wood would look nice. (laughs) (laughs) You were were really serious. I saw it like uh, you were like, I really want those floors. (laughs) I I couldn't help but notice the floors in the one the living spaces. I was like, damn, that's real wood. When Nicole Kidman goes to see Martin and he's telling that story about like, everybody said that my father ate spaghetti exactly the way I eat spaghetti. And then I found out that everyone eats spaghetti that way. But no one eats spaghetti that way. Not the way that he would do that. He would spin it around. He was doing the spiral in a circular motion. And then he would shake it and then put it in his mouth like he was shaking it off. <laughs> but like a mouthful. A yeah, whole like mouthful way too much, at a time. That kid had shit on his face the entire movie. Ice cream, fucking whatever he was eating at the diner. I'm saving my fries for afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> 
he at the beginning, the younger kids are asking, "You smoke cigarettes?" Yeah, tried my first one eight months ago. Now oh, I'm yeah. addicted. Now I'm addicted. <laughs> uh, I got chills because I was like, "That's some shit that kids used to say <laughs> back in like." Early middle school and shit. I just smoked a cigarette the other day and now I'm addicted. But it was it was lines like that that made you think, oh, maybe there is some innocence in there. Maybe he's just tainted, yeah, you know, that, a little He little did a off. really good job of balancing out the, like, what the fuck with holy shit. And he, that, and he had an agenda. He knew what he was doing and he really stuck to it. He accomplished it. He did. Fully. You know, even just the little details that were in the background of things really were made me be like, what the fuck? There's another deer. There's yeah. a deer in every shot. When Colin Farrell, Stephen, the dad's beating the shit out of him in the basement while he's being held hostage towards the end of the film. He still sticks to it. He's still digging while he's getting hit. Well, you know, he spits out a tooth. I heard the sound effects. <laughs> they wanted us to know he got hit hard enough to spit that tooth out. And there were just like little things. The diner they go to was a, the Blue Jay Diner. It's like American folklore. There's lots of uh, Blue Jays being harbingers of the devil or whatever. Which, I mean, they are. They're pieces of shit. Blue Jays birds. are bastards. They're the worst. They're worse. They used to attack my dog. Yeah, they dump fucking other birds out of their nests like baby birds on the ground. Break yeah. their eggs. Take I see their them attacking nest. other birds all the time. Just pieces of shit. Fuck those things. Blue Jays. Yeah. Why would you name your diner that? <laughs> <laughs> also, when that kid goes over to dinner, he's like, how much armpit hair do you have? My dad has lots of armpit hair. But by the end of this movie, that kid had been like examined by so many doctors. He's covered with the thickest layer of peach fuzz I have ever seen on a child in my entire life. <laughs> I and I was like, you're hairier than everyone else in this fucking movie. <laughs> Are you talking about Bob? Bob. <laughs> Bob was, he had leg hair, blonde leg hair, blonde back hair. Like Bob, you fuzzy little bastard. I didn't notice. Yeah. He's going to be a Robin Williams when he grows up. I mean, I sure. guess that's, I guess that's how I miss the, the alien penis and shadow in the cloud. Blinking, you miss it, man. <laughs> Can't believe I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> and then after that, when Nicole Kidman goes home from the spaghetti eating scene and she, Colin Farrell's like eating, he's like, you're right. This is really good meat. Could you make mashed potatoes? I was thinking, could you make mashed potatoes one of these days? And she just flips out about it. He With like, all the shit going yeah, on. She's like, you're this incompetent man who just says things like, let's go to the lake house. Yeah, do an ultrasound. <laughs> I, would, an ultrasound. I, think, I think I would like some mashed potatoes. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's the kind of shit he's saying. And this is not the fucking time for that. Which is when he reveals that he has the kid in the basement. <laughs> And at the beginning, you get the feel that he's, you know, because he's a wealthy guy who's a surgeon, he's got his shit together somewhat. As he starts to break through the film, you can see that he he lies. You know, he is. Yeah, but like you were saying in the beginning of it, I thought it was like Colin Farrell's trying to cover something up, which I think he meant to make you do that. But he was offsetting it with every time the kid would come on screen, there would be the Alfred Hitchcock saw music <laughs> that would start happening. And I was like, I'm really confused. And, until he goes over and Alicia Silverstone's like, you have very nice hands. And like. I was like, oh, this has never happened before. It's definitely not his son. Because he gets the fuck up and gets out of there. He doesn't want that caramel tart. Yeah, and that's one thing. You know, he he wasn't going to cheat on his wife. It yeah. wasn't even a thought. As soon as she started sucking on those fingers, he was he bolted. Yeah, I mean, how is he going to find another girl who's going to lay there like a fucking general anesthesia? Yeah, somebody in the family is going to be a sacrifice, but she was definitely an offering. I loved it. I really did, though. Things kept popping back up in my head about this movie because this is one of those movies that's going to live in my head for a long time. <laughs> like, I'm going to, I'm not as many things these days. When I was at the video store, I know I rewatched things over and over again. Not as much stuff nowadays sticks with me, like quotes from The Big Lebowski did. And I know that some of that has to do with being younger and remembering things differently as time goes by and things that like really root in you. But I don't know that. I know anyone that quotes movies that have come out recently. Not so much. Quotable shit isn't happening. Comedies are not what they used to be. No, I mean, there was a lot in, you know, Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yeah. I heard somebody from Tropic Thunder. You know, I liked quoting The Goods. Oh, The Goods was all right. The Goods was all right. I like that. I got a soft spot for Jeremy Piven. I really don't want to say too much about, too much more about the movie. I think we're good because it was a good movie. Yeah. It was a good movie. It's, it's dark. I really, I think you... It, it's unsettling. Yeah, I'm not even going to ask, is this a good movie or a bad movie on this one? Or That's sort of come up in every episode. I'm going to say it was a well-done movie. But man, this was good. I really liked it. And if you think it's pretentious, I know it's pretentious to say, but you don't fucking get it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> 
sometimes it's not to it's okay not to understand everything about the movie this is, I, I know i'm the guy who likes that ending that is like fuck you guys you know <laughs> i like that shit and i know you're not necessarily that guy i need a happy ending from time to time but man if I you really carry the i don't give a fuck if you don't understand what's going on the whole movie i'm down i'm not gonna argue with you about tenant or anyone anyone i'm not gonna argue with anyone about tenant <laughs> I fucking love Tenet. I was confused the whole movie. I've watched the movie like seven times. I'm still a little confused, but I like it a lot. The, and that was the same with this one. I knew exactly what happened. I just didn't know the mechanism behind it, you know? But at the end of The Witch, I wasn't like, how did she fly? Or <laughs> <laughs> hereditary. Yeah, yeah. Why was she crawling on the ceiling? Did you ever watch... How many like Lars von Trier movies have you watched? Do you know who he is by me saying that? No. Like, can you think of... He directed uh, Antichrist is my least favorite with Willem Dafoe, where his baby falls off, he, Eric Clapton's right off the fucking roof, and then... <laughs> I saw that once. There's like full Willem Dafoe's Dafoe going into, who I think is Lars von Trier's wife or something like that. I, I don't know. That's the, I don't know. You know, know I think about. I saw, or at least but close to his there, Dafoe. There, there was a female castration scene in that movie. Fuck you, Lars von Trier. I don't want to see that shit. I get it. Tell a good story. I'm sure there are people who are like, that movie is remarkable and feel the same about that movie as I feel about Killing of a Sacred Deer. But you know what? I didn't fucking laugh a bunch of times during <laughs> Antichrist. I was just sad. <laughs> and maybe that's effective and great, but that's not what I'm looking for. Well, and just for reference, I did like Killing of a Sacred Deer. I did like Hereditary. I did not feel Mother with Jennifer Lawrence. You know, Mother was, uh, it was Cat in the Hat with black metal and i just yeah he, you just want these people out of your house yeah <laughs> that uh there was one kirsten dunst melancholia i don't know if you ever oh, saw I that one that's lars von trier i'm pretty sure was it yeah man i fucking don't like that guy <laughs> it's fucking boring dude you know the visuals in that one were a little stronger that was way more visual it's i, feel, I don't want to watch a hour-long painting man I don't want to watch Brown Bunny. What is that? Tree of Life? Brad Tree Pitt? of Life. Yeah. Darren Aronofsky's getting on that side of things, too. Did you ever watch the new Suspiria? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. <sighs> I really liked the new Suspiria. See, that... Man, it had that crank up ending. You know? Mm, is yes. it really gory? Lots of spray blood that's not even more funny. than. Oh, and another one that's kind of on that level that you told me to watch. Um, What is it? It's The Village. It's like a Sweden-Norway situation. The girl goes there looking like for her sister or her sister was just lost or something oh midsummer 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 was the guy who directed hereditary was that the guy who yeah that's what her sister kills her parents and commits suicide that was it yeah but the ending on that one yeah i like this kind of weird it kind of gives me the same like uh not all of his movies but uh was it greg arakai or greg araki or uh he did doom generation and nothing and uh, smiley face with Anna Ferris, <laughs> which is so good. Were you planning on bringing that up? No, but it popped into my head, and I, I always forget that he's the one who did that. Did you ever see that movie? Scott tells me you have to watch this movie, Smiley Face. Olympia sat down and watched it with me. It's one of my favorite like weed comedies of all time, I think, because it's it felt really real. Like she gets in the car after she eats all that weed, and she like didn't she eat mushrooms too? Or no, no, she just eats like the medical weed, weed from. <laughs> <laughs> like she makes some sort of thing. She ends up like eating all super this fucking baked. weed. It's it's a super stoner movie. It was <laughs> crazy. But that scene where she's like tries to drive and the she dr- like gets out of the car and rolls across the <laughs> like driveway and she goes, oh, that was close. <laughs> I, don't know. I was watching that and being like, I felt like that before. Where I like <laughs> smoked when I was younger and then like tried to was like, I can drive. And then I got in the car and I was like, no. <laughs> oh yeah no or, or like start it, backing up and you're like that's scary <laughs> yeah or like when you back up and gun it and hit the car across the street in my yeah. mom's work van all those states are right <laughs> for making laws about driving on weed because i like a, a lot of the time i could i could have smoked some weed i can competently drive you to the hospital and stuff like that that's fine i'm gonna sober up in that moment but there there have been times where i was younger and i smoked and i was like i'm gonna go buy a honey bun at the convenience store <laughs> and i fucking got in the car and was like nope can't you're not going anywhere you can't leave that honey bun just wasn't worth it yeah which may go all the way back to uh, backing your mom's van up and me driving into a car <laughs> yeah i i had my license at a young age 
I just needed my mom's work van out from behind my car in the driveway. Scott didn't have a license yet. We've been friends since we were 13 years old. When we were in high school, Frank may have been more grown up than me in a lot of ways. And he was very impatient with me a lot of the time. <laughs> and he didn't wait for it. Like, I was like, I've never driven a car before. And you were like, all you have to do is back it up. And then like, I was like, oh my God, okay. And like, I fucking backed his mom's brand new work van into the neighbor's car, like so fast. It was a Hobart food service van. <laughs> yeah. He, I, I think what happened was you were backing up. A car was coming. You had a, like a panic moment. Like, yeah. I oh, do I stop I'd or never, do I move? I had never driven a vehicle in my entire life. At that I'm point. sitting in my car looking in the side mirror watching this unfold. The Hobart van just like slams in reverse. Like you hit the throttle, dude. You hit that gas pedal, then boom. What did you hit one or two cars across the street? I was just it just the, one? Just the one, yeah. She, but she was mad. She was very upset. She was older than us. She she had gone to this the she person had been was, watching us get fucked up in your garage. <laughs> for fucking months well and she yeah she didn't like us i mean but yeah, the neighbors already did not like, like us the neighbor with the most cars is always the one who seems to be the most angry at everyone and like why do you have so many cars <laughs> i can't see to back out of my driveway they did have a lot because they had a son in the 20s in his 20s yeah car uh older daughter in high school car husband and wife each had one and the husband had a work truck there was five cars at that house this was in crestview yeah those streets aren't huge we were really annoying though Oh, I did so much. We'd burn stuff in the yeah, backyard. You had a band called Bloated Goat. That was the worst. I couldn't play drums. <laughs> I could not. I tried. You had that guy come and record you, and he was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, it was. But really, it was just, it was a social thing. We got together. Yeah, it was fun. I, it was a reason to, like, have a party while we were playing music. Yeah. Well, we were also 13 or something. 13, 14. You know, we did have that one song. Here I Lie. <laughs> Yeah, you did. It was very good. We had one song. You could have sold that thing to Typo Negative. <laughs> Somebody. I don't want to be. Yeah, but Killing of a Sacred Deer is fucking great. I I am for it. This was one of those movies. I, I don't know why I missed it, but if I had come across it in the video store, I would have been like, holy fuck. And then been telling people about it, and they would have been like, yeah, I've fucking seen it. It's really weird. You're a weird guy. <laughs> but... And and my wife definitely wouldn't have liked this movie, but uh, my mom will really like this movie. I immediately <laughs> texted her and I was like, "You gotta fucking see this movie, dude." Well, you said she liked the lighthouse, right? Oh yeah, she loved the lighthouse. That one, you know, different. That's the director of the witch. Hmm. Who did um? It comes at night. Was that anybody? Because oh. I'm gonna say I was disappointed in that movie. Uh, I felt a little let down. I enjoyed it though. Did you? Yeah. It was all right. It, it was kind of what I was looking for at the time. The cover really did it justice as far as like, I was like, I know what kind of movie that is. See, maybe it was the trailer that misled me. Uh, see, I I never watch a movie trailer past the midpoint if I feel like I'm going to like it. I really don't either. Because like, I'm like, stop, stop, stop. Yeah, I've seen enough. If you get me with like 30 seconds of a trailer, I will stop watching it and then go watch that movie. You have to cut yourself off because I'm the type of person where when I watch it, I'll hang on to those clips. Yeah, then at the same time, you get those trailers where it tells you the entire story and you're like, I'm not going to watch that movie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or how many trailers use a scene from the final sequence? Oh, all of them. So many. Yeah, all So of them. many. In the trailer, you've got a scene or multiple scenes of the final sequence. Yeah, I kind of appreciate when people do fun shit with their trailers. Uh, say what you will about Cloverfield, but I liked the marketing buying cloverfield it was really good i remember uh this guy i worked with way back in the day we were so pumped every time a little snippet of that <laughs> cloverfield? cloverfield shit was coming out you know that was jj abrams right yeah yeah i don't think he directed it but he produced he did movie. produce it yeah okay. and, bad uh, robot yeah and great fucking cast in that oh yeah are um, you aware of garfield <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we haven't picked a movie for next time. Hmm. We haven't picked a movie for next time. Yeah. I feel like it's my turn, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, you pick one, because I feel like I, I swayed us... To, oh, I knew too much about Congo for you to feel comfortable about. We, we might still do Congo. Is Look it up. Is Congo streaming anywhere? Amy Love. Okay, I'm oh, going to Because it was on HBO, but Frank lied to me about... This he was like, it's on Amazon Prime, and it was on Showtime on his Amazon Prime. No, Showtime a, through Hulu. 
okay. Well, it was on, and I didn't know it was. It had just been on Netflix. That's yeah, what I was thinking. Mean, because it was on Netflix forever. It's fine. It's fine. I'm so sorry. Gonna, and I did mean to send you, you know, a text. You, you I did forgot. me a favor. I'm gonna watch Yellow Jackets now. Oh, because that was the problem. So, like shit comes out that I really want to watch, and I can't fucking watch it because I don't have that streaming fucking service. Yellow Jackets Which is one so am I awesome. To, That's get, right. You know, you need to watch. That should be your sideshow. Oh no! It no. It, me and Kelly are gonna watch it in it two would, sittings. Yeah, Easy. it's not that many episodes. Um, I'm not saying anything else. Watch Yellow Jackets. Yellow Jackets on Showtime. That was great. That was some of the most fun I had in a while. Station Eleven was another good one recently. HBO oh Max. God, Station Eleven was so good. Oh, Station Eleven is that's what I and Station Eleven limited series. I think we talked about Station Eleven in the uh, the missing episode. The missing that, episode. That we we up, mentioned it. Yeah, I think we we talked about. That I had a little seen bit. it on HBO Max, and I asked Scott, and Scott said, "Watch Station Eleven. and that was one of the best things. Yellow Jackets is very entertaining. I love Yellow Jackets. There's a good nostalgia feel because of the time it takes place. Station Eleven felt very original for like, I think it was kind of ballsy to make a pandemic show right now, mm -hmm. you know, but at like The Stand, it was kind of, that's how it starts, but that's not what it's about. I did watch DMZ on HBO Max. Oh, I read that comic book a long, long time ago. I'm good. It's like four episodes. Is it, is, is it good? It's fine. It's fine. It's Rosario fine. Dawson. Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Benjamin Bratt. I'm down. Um, it was fine. I'm. It's not deep. I had the predictable thing again. I was. I. You see where it's going. It's kind of fun. No, I, fuck it. Uh, I couldn't make sense of the storyline itself, though. I think was my biggest thing. Oh, really? How? How? Do, yeah. How is Manhattan the only DMZ? The comic book seems too big to just jam into four episodes. So I don't know. I may have missed something, but from what I understood, Manhattan was the only DMZ in the in a torn country. And I'm like, that's the whole point of a DMZ. Is like, I I feel like it's a larger. It's, if it happened in the U.S., it would be a larger area than Manhattan. This, these comic book properties, man, it, it bums me out when they don't finish them. Because Why the Last Man was really good. I really liked the take on it. Like I, I really never start. Like, I didn't have a chance to start it. Well, it you got were telling me it was great. after one season. Oh, it's it, that's it's yeah, done. They, they didn't get to do even crack the story. You know, like they they really got in there. They cast it really well. It was fucking fantastic. York. I'm thank God they didn't make a movie out of that with Shia LaBeouf like they were gonna do back Transformers era Shia LaBeouf. Oh really? Yeah, they were gonna. Uh, David Goyer was gonna make a movie. Uh, why the last man movie and i was like please don't do that <laughs> please do not turn my favorite comic book into fucking just a pile of shit and i love david goyer david goyer did a really good job i like this new superman i like a darker superman i didn't want the reeves again i mean super wholesome but man of steel was really good you make kevin costner anyone's dad and you're gonna fucking have my heart man <laughs> kevin costner was the original like father son hit me right in the heart don't get me started on Kevin Costner again. Cut your heart out with a spoon. <laughs> that movie will always have a special place in my heart. Well, everybody, until next time. <laughs> that's, a, you're that's how we're going to end it. We're going to do Congo. We're going to do Congo next week. And Are we going to do Congo? Yeah, let's fucking do Congo. Uh, I'm almost done with Ash versus Evil Dead. So, like, you know, uh, I'm in a Bruce Campbell mood. Take your hands off my sesame cake. <laughs> is that ernie hudson <laughs> no. god you, you've seen this movie too many times no. <laughs> that <was not> ernie. <laughs> thanks everyone for joining us for the last video store clerks podcast be sure to leave a rating and subscribe you can find us on twitter at last clerks instagram at the last video store clerks and you can find scott at dispatches from the pit.com